0: What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, we are going to talk about Project Bluebeam. Because in a lot of the conspiracy corners of the internet, people are starting to scream Project Bluebeam has started. And why they're saying that is due to all these quote-unquote unidentified objects the military keeps shooting down. So I will go over a little bit of the history of Project Bluebeam and see what you guys think. We are also gonna be talking about the horrifying new data out from EuroMOMO, which is kind of like the CDC. They just basically report different statistics. So there's several countries that report to this organization and they have the latest excess deaths for children. Fucking horrific. We are also going to be talking about UNICEF and different vaccine campaigns that literally caused outbreaks of terrible diseases. And of course, we're going to have to touch on some fucking pervert bullshit because the perverts, well, not all, but a lot are in the schools around children, young ass children. And as a side note, we are going to be talking about Kai, the hitchhiker. So sit back and get ready for this. So let's start with Project Bluebeam. There's several different theories on what exactly Project Bluebeam is. But I mean, the, the gist of the whole theory, operation, whatever you want to call it, is the government will be projecting images into the sky to fool the population. Now this is where the conspiracy theory kind of forks off and there's different ideas and theories out there about what exactly the government is going to project up there, what they're going to try to get the people to think. But two of the most uh, popular versions of Project Bluebeam, A, they'll be projecting like religious images into the sky and B, they'll be projecting an alien invasion on earth. Coupled with these projections in the sky, many people say the, quote, voice of God weapon will be utilized to kind of just shore up these different projections and get people to kind of just like hallucinate what they're seeing and what they're hearing. Now, if you don't know what the voice of God weapon is, it's a device that projects voices into your head to make you think God is speaking to you. It's also called directed energy weapons or do's. A lot of people think this is the military's equivalent to an urban myth, but I've talked about this a few episodes ago where this is 100% real. This weapon exists and I've seen different demonstrations from scientists around the world explaining how this shit works. So the voice of God is not a myth, it's not a conspiracy theory, it's fact. Going back to Project Bluebeam, They're gonna have these holograms projected in the sky. They're gonna have a weapon similar to the voice of God projecting in people's ears. And I guess apparently they just wanna terrify the masses. Because we all know, a terrified public is a public that is easy to control and manipulate. As far as what I personally think, I don't fucking know what they're doing. I don't fucking know what these quote unquote objects are in the sky. But I do know our government are shady motherfuckers that will stop at nothing to get more power and control the masses, make more money, and just do shady ass shit that fucking kills people and not even have a second thought about it. So I definitely wouldn't put it past these fools. They're capable of anything. I mean, they literally just pulled off the greatest psyop in history on the entire human race. So if you take that into context and the horribly long history the U.S. and many other governments have of just committing atrocities, I don't think any of it sounds too far-fetched. A lot of people don't buy Project Bluebeam or any of the conspiracies surrounding it because they're like, why would the government do that? Why would they want to terrify everyone? Well, a lot of people believe that the end goal of Project Bluebeam is ushering in the New World Order. A little background and history on the Project Blue Beam Conspiracy Theory is back in the 80s and 90s, it was theorized that NASA or some other fucking alphabet soup government agency was planning to implement a, quote, New Age religion with the Antichrist as a leader. And they wanted to start a New World Order via technologically simulated second coming using holograms. A journalist by the name of Serge Mondstadt theorized in 1994 and actually wrote a book about it. Apparently, this book is nearly impossible to find. The book was called Project Bluebeam, and supporters of the theory allege that Mondstadt and another unnamed journalist who both coincidentally died of heart attacks in 1996 were, in fact, assassinated. And they say the Canadian government kidnapped Mondstadt's daughter in an effort to stop him from investigating Project Bluebeam. Due to the fact that Mondstadt had an untimely early death, a lot of his work was never translated to English. And the theory didn't really catch on a lot in the United States until much later, because obviously most of us don't speak French. Back in the day, like late 90s, early 2000s, there actually was a lot of web pages and even YouTube videos explaining exactly what Project Bluebeam is. But of course, most of that shit has been wiped from the internet at this point. Mondstadt lectured on the theory in the mid 90s, and apparently, before writing and publishing his book, which at this point has not been reissued by the current publisher, a three page summary of the theory. Penned by Mondstadt himself, appeared in his French language periodical, RINF, when it's, I'm not even gonna fucking try to say it, it's some French shit, <laughs> at the end of 1994. The scare's pages and videos all appear to trace back to four different documents. There is a transcript of the 1994 lecture by Mondstadt that has been translated to English. There was, and maybe still is. I didn't have much luck finding it when I was trying to research this whole episode. But supposedly, there is a GeoCities page written by David Oppenheimer, which appears to elaborate on the theories from the original book. In 2005, a webpage on educateyourself.org appeared to include a translation of the book from French. Mondstadt's page in French Wikipedia is largely sourced from two books on conspiracy theories and extremism by Pierre-Andre Tagouef, a mainstream academic expert on racist and extremist groups. Due to the fact that these documents were translated to English, several offshoot theories in text and video form seem to spread a little bit quicker through the internet. And of course, we have to bring in William Cooper and his book, Beyond a Pale Horse, So I'm going to read you a little excerpt from that book. It is true that without the population or the bomb problem, the elect would use some other excuse to bring about the New World Order. They have plans to bring about things like earthquakes, war, the Messiah, an extraterrestrial landing, and economic collapse. Well, fuck, those all sound really familiar lately. They might bring about all of these things just to make damn sure that it does work. They will do whatever is necessary to succeed. The Illuminati has all the bases covered, and you're going to have to be on your toes to make it through the coming years. Can you imagine what will happen if Los Angeles is hit with a 9.0 earthquake? New York City is destroyed by a terrorist-planted atomic bomb. World War III breaks out in the Middle East. The banks and the stock markets collapse. Extraterrestrials land on the White House lawn. Food disappears from the markets. Some people disappear. The Messiah presents himself to the world, and all in a very short period of time. Can you imagine? The world power structure can, and will, if necessary, make sure some or all of those things happen to bring about the new world order. Well, holy shit, William Cooper, you literally just listed fucking everything that's going on. I mean, how many fucking earthquakes just rocked Syria and Turkey? World War III is kind of going on right now with Ukraine and Russia. And the stock market is shit. There are fucking egg wars. There's supply chain issues, as they call it. So Bill Cooper just kind of fucking predicted everything that's going on right now. Back to Project Bluebeam, the theory. So Mondstadt's theory suggests using advanced technology to trick people into believing in some new age religion. And back in the 90s, it probably did seem fucking impossible, you guys. But now, not so much. The project has four steps. Step one requires the breakdown of all archaeological knowledge. This will apparently be accomplished by faking earthquakes at precise locations around the planet. These earthquakes will with them eventually present new information, which will make us question our current belief systems in regard to religions. Step 2. Now this is where it kind of goes a little fucking haywire, but just <laughs> just bear with me here. Airspace holograms will start off as a subtle UFO, but will eventually appear to people as their god. This involves a large-scale hologram show where three-dimensional holographic laser projections will be beamed all over the planet. And this is where Bluebeam really starts. The projections will take the shape of whatever deity is most predominant and will speak in all languages. At the end of this show, the gods will all merge into one god, the Antichrist. This will be the start of this New Age religion. The notion of gods being projected in the sky was actually proposed before in 1991 by conspiracy theorist Betty J. Mills, a U.S. general and CIA operative, Edward Lansdale, who actually suggested a plan to fake a second coming over Cuba to get rid of Castro. Now, at this point, I'm sure all of you have seen these fucking holographic like Prince performing or holographic Tupac. So it's not so crazy and out in fucking left field that the military would have some type of holographic technology or laser technology that would look pretty fucking real. And then if you're broadcasting the voice of God weapon at people, I'd say most people would be tricked by this if they didn't know what to look for and these dirty motherfuckers' little plans. Back to step three. Step three is, quote, telepathic, electronic, two-way communication. It involves making people think their God is speaking to them through telepathy, projected into the head of each person, individually using radio waves. And 100%, it can be done. This is not conspiracy theory. This is not fucking science fiction. This is a fact. This technology exists now. On to step four, which has three parts. First, making humanity think that an alien invasion is about to occur in every major city, which kind of uh, seems to be going down right now, making the Christians think that the rapture is about to happen. Number three, a mixture of electronic and supernatural forces allowing the supernatural forces to travel through fiber optics, cokes, power, and telephone lines to penetrate all electronic equipment and appliances that will be, by now, 2023, have a special microchip installed, like, you know, 5G. So at this point, the theory suggests the whole world is going to be fucking freaking out going batshit crazy at this point when the world's fucking going crazy and people are just losing their damn minds is when the new world order would step in to consolidate their power. There's never been any type of fraud or lies proven in Mondstadt's work. So a lot of people want to know how the fuck did this guy come up with this theory and basically kind of call it so right, call it so perfectly. A lot of people think, he was getting information fed to him from the cia and then maybe it's just a coinkydink but he had a heart attack later and died i don't even think even in conspiracy corners there is like a solid answer how monstack came up with this theory that is so on point today so let's kind of break down the recent events that kind of fit into the project blue beam theory In the 2000s and 2010s, multiple UFO sightings by the general public was not covered by the mainstream media. Fast forward to 2021 and 2022, a steady release of information from multiple mainstream media sources worldwide regarding UFOs, and it was fucking beamed into everyone's living room who watches Fox or CNN, just straight up mainstream media the media starts to gradually drip-feed the population more information, accepting the fact that aliens may exist and that Roswell and Area 51 was real. Joe Rogan and Netflix pushed the narrative of tic-tac-toe UFOs and that there are definitely UFOs in our airspace, even supported by Obama. January 28, 2023. A Chinese-operated large white high-altitude surveillance balloon was seen fucking meandering across American airspace for holidays. days. Then Western Canada saw one, Alaska saw one, and, you know, the list goes on. And I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but in Hawaii, a giant wall of green lasers appeared to be shooting down from the sky. Now, this has been blamed on Chinese satellites. And as we all know, over the last few days, they've shot down, what, fucking four objects? Who knows? Hella objects. So based upon all that information, Project Bluebeam is not like a straight-up fact. It does show that this theory is being reinforced by all the current events going down. Now, I think there's, you know, probably some truth to it, just like most conspiracy theories. But where truth begins and fucking lies or disinformation or misinformation begin is anyone's guess. If you guys want more information on Project Bluebeam, I'm going to link a Reddit post that literally breaks this shit down so well. It's the best breakdown of Project Bluebeam I have ever seen. A user by the name of, oh, uh, Cantona, is actually the person that wrote up this whole Project Bluebeam theory. I asked him for permission to like read his theory here and he gave me the A-OK. And like I said, dude, this is the best breakdown I've ever seen of Project Bluebeam. So go to the show notes, scroll down a bit, and the link will be there so you can read and see Project Bluebeam, all the different theories, and just kind of like understand and see it in writing. It might make it easier for you to understand. So go check that shit out. It's change of subject time. So now we are going to talk about Kai, the hitchhiker. So if you don't know anything about this dude, back in 2013, this guy went fucking viral and he was hilarious. Apparently, he was in Fresno, California, hitchhiking. And because that whole hitchhiking ride resulted in him saving the lives of a utility worker and a woman, it just, he fucking went everywhere. And his interview with the news at that point was hilarious, dude. Look it up, fucking Kai the Hitchhiker and the whole smash, smash, so mash. After this little viral video went everywhere, he was invited on the Jimmy Kimmel show and was even on an episode of Stephen Colbert's show and probably a few others I don't know about. All of that shit changed in an instant for Kai. And I'm getting this information from his Facebook account. This is what he posted. It says, quote, What would you do if you woke up with a groggy head, metallic taste in your mouth, in a stranger's house and start retching, realizing someone had drugged you and raped you? Now, that was one of the last posts Kai the Hitchhiker ever made to social media. Obviously, Kai is alleging he was drugged and raped and evidence available suggests that he was subjected to a sloppy frame up job. He was eventually arrested for murder, and this guy's been sitting in solitary confinement for five years. The thing that's so interesting about this case is the major conflicts of interest that are all over from start to fucking finish. Officials of the court who are handling Kai's case should have recused themselves and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Eventually, one judge assigned to the case would step down rather than recuse himself when it was pointed out that he was connected personally to the alleged rapist lawyer, Jeffrey Golfie. The prosecutor, Theodore Aromano, also resigned after 11 years when his friendship with a deceased lawyer was disclosed. Incidentally or coincidentally, he called it quits on the same day of Kai's arrest was announced. According to the New Jersey Star-Ledger, they reported that, quote, in court, McGalvery told Superior Court Judge Joseph Donahue last month that Robert Mega, Union County's president's criminal court judge, had the phone number for the victim's son, Joseph Galfrey III Jr., saved in his contacts as contact number 18. He later learned that Mega was listed in Galfrey's cell phone as well. Donahue and Mega did recuse themselves from the case, but he understood the defense's concern about the other judges. There are so many fishy-ass aspects of this case that I don't have time to cover every single one, but I will point out a few that are glaringly huge motherfucking bouquet of red flags. Kai accused the proceedings of being a kangaroo court and sham trial. Media sources are basically saying he's crazy. He's a conspiracy theorist. But if you look in the Gardner and Sutter investigative report, it was noted that the dishwasher had been run between May 13th and 15th, while the home of Joseph Galfrey was an active crime scene. Like, why the fuck is his dishwasher running? Could it be like, oh, I don't know. Let's clean up some fucking glasses that may have residue of whatever drug was used to drug high. There was a talk screen ordered But not for Kai. It was for Galfrey's body. The talk screen and rape kit were both negative, but no fucking shit. Why are we doing it on the guy that is dead? Why aren't we doing it on the guy who's literally saying he was drugged and raped? So we have the dishwasher. We have the fucking rape kit and talk screen being done on the wrong person. During the time when this house was a supposed fucking crime scene, they allowed former local chief of police and the brother of the deceased James Galfrey. James Galfrey, according to investigative documents released in Discovery, note his concern that, quote, a drifter was involved when he was told his brother was dead. Like, how the fuck would he know or just automatically assume it was a drifter that killed his fucking pervy-ass brother? And why would the department investigating this case allow the brother of the murder victim to come fuck around in the house and who knows who started the dishwasher. But the mere fact that, that shit went down should cause a mistrial. Should, I don't know, cause somebody to be like, hey, guys, something's not right here in New Jersey. Apparently, the quote expert doctor on this case, the one who refused the rape kit for Kai, claims he did not know Galfrey, which is basically a fucking lie because there's a document from the prosecutor's office where it says Pandina unexpectedly received charitable funds from the estate of Joseph Galfrey. Well, I mean, isn't that a fucking conflict of interest? This fucking doctor is saying he doesn't know him. I don't know what's going on there. And suddenly they get a fat check from the estate of the murder victim. Hmm. How are you going to refuse a rape kit to somebody who is claiming they have been raped? Like, how does that even happen? It's against the law in New Jersey to deny services to victims of sexual assault. New Jersey law states, quote, sexual assault is a form of serious bodily injury, the threat of which would justify use of deadly force in self-defense. So if this is truly a kangaroo court, that's probably why they denied the rape kit to Kai. After Kai was thrown in prison, he started using the law library there and found out there's a 30-plus-year tradition in New Jersey of sexual criminals, including child sex criminals, being given a slap on the wrist consisting of six months probation, therapy, and a six-month suspension from practicing law in many or most cases. In all but one of nearly two dozen cases, There is almost a complete media blackout despite those involved not just being lawyers but politicians, legislators, district attorneys and assistant attorney generals. One case, there was a sexual predator judge who assaulted women by coercing sex from them in exchange for lessened sentences. This same judge, Boylan's son, was previously charged with molesting a five-year-old girl. Neither of these dirty motherfuckers show up on the state or federal sex offender registry. You guys, a 30 plus year of New Jersey just letting these disgusting pedophiles get away with damaging people, children, whoever, for the rest of their lives through sex crimes. All of this shit sounds so fucking familiar. It seems like it happens in every state in the United States. And unfortunately, these fucking predators never seem to be held accountable According to a witness at the trial, uh, side note, there was no video allowed in this trial, so that's kind of fucked up. But anyway, the lawyer who was supposed to be defending Kai said this, quote, Now I'm going to go over some stuff that the state's going to say. They're going to show that my client is full of crap, that he did this intentionally, that he purposefully ran out of the house. And it's like, okay, why the fuck is this guy who's supposed to be defending Kai, why is he fucking saying that to the jury? Seems very, very strange to me. And unfortunately, because we don't have video, it's not even like very clear in what context this statement from the defense counsel was even being said. Basically, the whole investigation done at the scene of the quote murder or sexual assault or both, whatever you want to call it, They didn't bother collecting the glasses. They didn't bother cutting up the carpet where Kai claims he was raped. And they found pill bottles in this fucking nasty motherfucker's refrigerator. Apparently, they never decided to collect those pills and see what they were. The investigators did admit there were probably illicit drugs, but they didn't know what drugs because they didn't bother testing it. So this motherfucker could have had a whole ass bottle of GHB, a.k.a. Roofie's, in his fridge and we'll never know because these half-ass investigators didn't do their job and at this point it seems like it's not just a case of incompetence but straight up cover-up because I'm only giving you guys like the bare minimum details. I'm going to post a link to an article in the show notes that goes into great detail of all the shit the investigators did that was absolutely insane. I can't even believe, like I was said earlier, denying a victim of sexual assault or somebody who's claiming they're a victim of sexual assault, denying them a rape test kit. It's fucking against the law. You cannot do that, but somehow these fuckers got away with it. A lot of people may be wondering like why the fuck would they go to these great lengths to cover up this disgusting pervert fucking rapist's crimes? Well The pervert rapist, Galfrey, was a very prominent, very wealthy lawyer in the area. Further explanation might be the fact that the head judge, the head prosecutor, and the chief of police were all, admittedly, Mr. Galfrey's personal friends. And a final explanation might also be that the fact on April 17th, 2019, in front of every Union County judge gathered in the courtroom, Kai stated, quote, this is a kangaroo court. Why don't you put on your pointy hats and burn across out front? You're trying to lynch me. So you guys, I definitely think you guys should look into this case. It's just one more like glaringly obvious case of a sexual assault victim being treated like shit, being denied services, all to cover for the rich and powerful. Fucking shocking. I know. But yeah, like I said earlier, I'm going to put a link to an article so you can actually see a point by point takedown of what is going on. And I will also put a link to the original viral video where Kai is explaining how he saved the lives of two people. So go check out the show notes if you want to dive deeper into this one. While we're on the subject of fucking perverts, I'm going to tell you about a teacher who's claiming, quote, childhood innocence is mythology. This nasty motherfucker is claiming toddlers as young as three years old are not too young for quote sexuality discussions. William Villapando, who went by at Mr. Willie underscore prick, like no shit, but since then he has actually deleted all of his social media profiles. This nasty motherfucker worked as a pre kindergarten teacher in Rialto from 2016 to 2021. Let me just repeat that disgusting screen name for you at Mr. Willie underscore prick. Like what the fuck? This guy is around pre kindergarten age children. Jesus fucking Christ. At this point, it's not 100% certain if he is still working at the school district but he is employed at Santa Ana College. This fool said, quote, there's a common mythology that children live in this world of pure innocence, and by introducing or exposing them to the real world, adults are somehow shattering this illusion for them. And that was in a 2020 Instagram post. He goes on to say, therefore, there is a banning of topics and issues that children should not be exposed to, as if they're not experiencing them already. This motherfucker has spoken out repeatedly about the idea of, quote, childhood innocence and has blamed Christianity and white cisgendered people for shielding children. It's like, no, motherfucker, we're trying to save these children from nasty ass pedophiles like yourself. He claimed that adults pushing to protect children from lessons on sexuality and gender should deconstruct their viewpoints. This nasty pedophile added that these discussions don't always refer to, quote, sexual talks. Not talking about queerness in the classroom is not letting children be children. It's telling those people they do not deserve to exist. Like, what the fuck? This brainwashed ass dirty pedophile was around children for years, and I seriously hope he was watched like a hawk. He literally thinks that kids are, quote, never too young to be exposed to sexuality talk and has further insisted that children can have a sense of their gender identity at three to four months. He said, quote, around three to four months old, infants show a sexual gender preference in who they look at. Like, what the fuck? He went on to say at three years old, a child can label their perceived gender identity By four years old, children have a stable sense of their gender identity and have assumptions and beliefs of what they can and cannot do based upon their gender. This nasty pedophile argued that shielding children from the discussion can lead to them becoming confused about their own sexuality. He said, quote, parents haven't already had the conversations about these things with their kids, that kids don't know, that they might be intersex, that they might be gender non-binary. And really, children have a right to see themselves in our classrooms. It's not okay just to forget about them or push them out just because it might make us uncomfortable or make others uncomfortable. This nasty motherfucker, and he is teaching in the California public school system. And there's so many other nasty motherfuckers like this that I don't even want to get into it, but I had to drop this information on you guys just because this disgusting motherfucker, is just one of many California and United States educators in the public school system that are pushing to fucking brainwash and expose children as young as three years old to gender and sexuality discussions. Get the fuck out of here, pedophile. Not happening. So now we are going to move on to the latest horrific numbers coming out from Euro Momo. I've talked about the numbers coming out from Euromomo before, but if you don't know what it stands for, it is the European Mortality Monitoring Service, and they aim to detect and measure excess deaths related to seasonal influenza, pandemics, and other health threats. According to their website, official national mortality statistics are provided weekly from the 28 European countries or subnational regions of the Euromomo Collaborative Network supported by the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control and the World Health Organization. Some of the 27 countries that report to Euromomo are Austria, Belgium, Hungary, the Netherlands, Sweden, Spain, Portugal, Slovenia, UK, Ireland, Scotland, and many others. According to the official statistics, Europe suffered 1,580% spike in child deaths following the EMA approval of COVID vaccines for children. Prior to the release of these quote-unquote vaccines for children, the first 21 weeks of 2021, there were 346 fewer deaths than expected. And of course, this increase of deaths of children is not being publicized in the mainstream media. No one's going to fucking talk about it. It's being swept under the carpet like so much other information regarding these fucking nasty clot shots. Now, even during the height of the pandemic in 2020, there were 466 fewer deaths than expected among children in Europe. So what all that fewer deaths during the height of the pandemic for children is basically saying is children were not at risk of death from the COVID-19 virus. So it really makes one wonder why, why did they rush these through and why did they approve these shots for children when they really had no risk? Following the emergency approval of the Kabobo shot for children, 1,953 excess deaths were recorded between week 22 of 2021 and week 52 of 2022. The percentage increase of 1,953 excess deaths between week 22 of 2021 and week 52 of 2022 against the negative 132 excess deaths between week 22 of 2019 and week 52 of 2020 equates to a 1,580% increase. So do you think, you guys, if this information was widely publicized in the mainstream media, do you think these fucking parents would still be running out to get their children shot up with this bioweapon? I don't think they would. And I think they would call for people's heads to be delivered on a platter. All of these dumb motherfuckers in power that got kickbacks and got their crony friends in Big Pharma huge chunks of taxpayer dollars, they would probably call for some military tribunal shit but nobody's talking about it and most people don't bother to do any research into anything anymore. So yeah, there's that. Since we're on the subject of children being vaccinated, I'm going to tell you a very brief history of UNICEF using disasters to vaccinate children with the oral polio vaccine that is 100% proven to spread polio. And specifically, this type of polio vaccine is completely banned in Western countries like the United States. So if you're not familiar with UNICEF, it is the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund, and they're the world's largest distributor of vaccines to children internationally. The number one vaccine that UNICEF gives to children in disaster areas is the oral polio vaccine. There was a mass polio vaccination of Syrian children back in 2013 when the Syrian refugee crisis was exploding. The fact that the oral polio vaccine spreads polio is not even fucking disputable. There is two decades of published medical literature showing how dangerous this vaccine is. Now, Big Pharma and corporate media have actually admitted the oral polio vaccine is a complete failure, but it's not stopping unicef from fucking giving it to children what's not shocking at all is most of the funding to purchase these vaccines through the united Nations comes from GAVI, the vaccine alliance started by none other than bill gates is evil and the melinda gates foundation a bunch of earthquakes just went down in like turkey and syria and unicef is using this crisis to continue to vaccinate children for polio and measles Polio vaccination rates will undoubtedly increase now in Syria as UNICEF takes advantage of the Syrian crisis to vaccinate as many children as possible, probably as a requirement to receive other aids such as food and blankets. So you guys pay attention because I guarantee if you actually look for it in a few weeks, a month, you're going to see polio outbreaks occur in these refugee camps. i just fucking check it out. I obviously don't have a crystal ball, but if history tells us anything These fucking vaccines are dangerous, and they make people shed the polio virus. So back to some fascist bullshit happening here in New York City. New York City teachers who refused the COVID jab had their fingerprints and personnel files sent to the FBI. No shit, it's not a fucking conspiracy theory. This actually happened. A conservative legal group, Alliance Defending Freedom which is actually defending these teachers in state court, said the New York Department of Education flagged the personnel files of New York City teachers who were fired because they declined the COVID vaccine. The teachers were assigned a, quote, problem code for not taking the shot. Then, like I just said, those files and the fingerprints of the teachers were sent to the FBI and New York Criminal Justice Services. I just think it's absolutely mind-boggling that this can happen in the United States because a lot of us were raised thinking, you know, we're a free country. We have so many great opportunities and there's not any corrupt systems within our government. And fuck, dude, all that shit's just ass backwards. So I really hope this group called Alliance Defending Freedom has success and gets these teachers their jobs back, gets these fucking fingerprints back from the FBI. But who knows, we're like so far deep in the clown world at this point, fucking anything is possible. It's absolutely insane. Before we get out of here today, I'm going to tell you about three key events every person should know, and especially conspiracy theorists. We are going to start in 2001 with the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act increases the government's power to spy on its citizens and the world. It's expanded access to personal records held by third parties. In 2010, Citizens United, the court held a 5-4 to four vote that the Free Speech Clause of the First Amendment prohibits the government from restricting independent expenditures for political campaigns by corporations. And this kind of spawned the birth of the super PAC. Politicians can now be bought and paid for. In 2013, the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, which was the repeal of propaganda ban, spread government, made news to Americans. It basically legalized propaganda and the media was 100% bought and paid for. And these are all fucking facts. You guys can look them up and see for yourselves. But everyone should be 100% aware of those key events. You guys, what the fuck is going on in Ohio? Ohio. I have seen the videos of these nasty-ass black clouds from the Vial Chloride Blast. It looks like hell on earth. And just like a little side note for people that are not really familiar with the layout of this area, the Ohio River aquifers is a 200-mile radius that will be affected by the disaster. And the Ohio River runs southwest and supplies water to a huge area, you guys. And I saw a post today from somebody in that area, and what he said was, quote, the workers working in direct proximity of the East Palestine train derailment are at the same risk as 9-11 first responders. He goes on to say, I went through the derailment site last night. And the whole area smelled like a dry erase marker. I can't imagine having to inhale that for several hours a day. So I don't know. I've seen videos and uh, fucking fish are dying. Frogs are dying. And 100% amphibians are a great indicator of how the environment is doing. And the quote unquote authorities are literally telling these people, Oh, it's cool. You can go back to your houses now. What the fuck? I wouldn't ever be going back to my house after a fucking spill and explosion like the one that's going on there. So everybody in Ohio, I am definitely thinking of you guys. I know we got a bunch of you guys that listen to the podcast. I fucking hope you guys stay safe, stay healthy and stay the fuck away from the exclusion zone. All right, you guys, that's about enough talk of aliens, perverts and megalomaniacs for one week. But before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to our top three downloading states. We have Ohio in first place, California in second, and Colorado in third. As far as our international peeps, we have the United Kingdom, Canada, Sweden, and Australia. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want any of the documents I talk about or you have a rabbit hole I should visit, Send me an email at vanishingthevalley at gmail.com and I will happily send those docs your way or look into the rabbit hole. Until next time, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.